What is up, guys? I am your host, Braden Carter, and welcome to The Self-Design Show. On today's episode, I was able to interview a great person, Nate Crandall. Nate works as a student specialist at Cedar Valley High School and is also a certified high-performance coach. He graduated with a master's of psychology specializing in adolescence development. He is passionate about helping others create and pursue their dreams and purpose. And you can totally feel this in our interview today. Enjoy the interview. So then when you say that stuff that you wish you could have learned in high school, (laughs) are you talking specifically about confidence or about just discovering yourself? Maybe you can dive in All of that. Okay. Like knowing when when you're in school, you know, you, you have so much pressure is put on the idea of what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You know, you want to go to college? What career do you want to have? And we focus on getting kids to start moving on a career path. And that's not the right question to ask. At least for my money, it's not the right question to ask. I think it's way more important to focus on who you want to be than what you want to do. Because one of the driving beliefs that I, I have for myself um, that I've, I come, came across, and it's your value comes from who you are, not from what you do. If you ever want to get into that, Joshua Medcalf does a ton of stuff on that. And it's, it's really, really groundbreaking when you start thinking in terms of my value comes from who I am, not from the things that I do. And so if that's really true, which I believe that it is, what I do doesn't matter. It's who I am. Am I a good person? Do I look at myself in, in, in the right ways? Am I an honest person? Am I things like that? And then I can build on that. And then it doesn't matter what I do. I can be an aerospace engineer. I could be a doctor. I could be you know, a, a preacher. I could do all sorts of different things. But what matters more is who am I in the process? Who am I that's going to make me a great preacher? Who am I choosing to be that's going to make me great as a doctor or as a lawyer or as a nurse or as a teacher? So it doesn't really matter what career I go to. It's who am I choosing to become in the process? And so we spend too much time thinking about, well, what career do you want to have? And not enough time thinking about who do you want to be in the process? Hmm. It's interesting as you talk about all that stuff. It, I totally see how, especially in, in school, and we talked about this a little bit when we first had met, but we're, we're in a results-based yeah. society. Yes. It's all about not only deciding what you want to do, but it's also about being the best at that thing, mm-hmm. whether that's getting the A in class or being the starter on a team or whatever that is. It's all about achieving some kind of position or, or, or view of yourself, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So then with that, if, if we're kind of growing up this way, we can't just like stop all that, right? Right. And so what can people do to discover themselves and figure out who they are as a person and not just necessarily what they want to do as a career or necessarily how they want to be seen? So when people start working to discover who they are, it's really important to pay attention to pay attention to what you pay attention to. Like what are the things that are important to you? When you look at your friend group, what do you value about your friends? Do you value their loyalty? Do you value their honesty? Do you value a... Um, you know, they're, they're there for me all the time. What are the things that really matter to you? What are the values that stand out as this is stuff that's important to me? And that can kind of guide you on, okay, this is who I want to be. And then you get moving down that path. And then you find careers that allow you to lead with those things or to magnify those things or the things that are strengths for you. Experimenting is huge. Trying new things. 
so many people think like, oh, I should try to do that, and then they never do it, and then they never grow. And so when you can start experimenting with things, like if you have a, a hankering to go try out for the choir, go try out for the choir. You know, go be in a play. Go try out for the sports. Pick up a golf club and swing it. Do some different stuff. Get on the computer. And, and that's where if people looked at school the right way, they would use school as kind of that you know, opportunity to sample an experiment and see if that fits with who they see themselves as. And that might help with that a little bit. But Interesting. So maybe this is a stretch, but would you say that then success, at least growing up and in the adolescence years, is way less about what we're able to accomplish, but more about who we're able to become? Yes. That's and well said. So then with that, especially for, for college students, they run into identity crises. Mm -hmm. They've gone through their, their, they've gone through high school. They've been in the clubs, they've been on the sports teams, whatever, they've gone through their grades. Mm -hmm. But if, if somebody is in an identity crisis right now and they feel lost, they don't know where they wanna go, they don't know who they wanna be, what are some steps that they can take? That's a great question. I'm trying to think, anybody I know like that? Hmm. Um, I, if I was sitting down with somebody that felt like that, that they were 20, 22, 24, kind of in an identity crisis, Again, it's going back to who, who do you want to become? What are the things that you value more than anything else? And stop trying to prove your worth with something. Start trying to add value to something else. Because sometimes we, we get stuck on this idea of, well, I've got to prove my worth or I've got to do this. And instead of just adding value, where do you want to add value? Okay. A, the best coach you'll ever meet, you want to know if, if you want to have that that somebody come and help you with that, like if you were struggling with that, picture yourself 12, 15, 20, 40 years down the road as your best self, just absolutely the most successful person ever. Bring them back in a time machine and ask them that question. What did you do to take the next step? What did you do to start moving in the direction that you did? What were some of the decisions that you made to start moving towards being that super successful person that you are? Because your, your older version of yourself, the best version of yourself that you can bring back, that's the best coach you'll ever have. Hmm. I like that. I think it was, I want to say it was Bill Gates. It's brought up in a lot of Tony Robbins talks. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the quotes that he uses is, a lot of times we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 Yes. And tying that into a lot of times we get so stressed out and trying to figure out what we want to be now mm -hmm. that we forget that we have 50, 60, 70 years left to figure it out. It doesn't all have to be figured out right now. And you just answered your question. <laughs> well, thank you. That's the identity crisis comes from I don't know who I am right now. And we freak out about that. Okay. <laughs> I don't fully know who I am right now and I'm 46. Right. It, it's a... Here's, here's where we get hung up. We want to find who we are and we want to find our purpose. It's like they're this golden treasure that's hiding out there. And so we go on this quest. It's like the, the, for the Holy Grail with our coconuts. And we want to go and we find our purpose. And then it's like, oh, yay, now I found my purpose and now I can live my life. Or I found my identity. I know who I am and I can go out and do it. You don't find either of those things. You create them. Wow. You create who you are. You create your identity and you create your purpose. And so it's not about finding those things. It's about what are you doing today to create an identity that you're proud of? Hmm. What are you doing today to, to serve, to do something that you feel adds more value to the world? Like you're doing this podcast. 
You might not feel your purpose in life is to do a podcast, but I guarantee you by doing this podcast and sharing this stuff and yourself with the world, you are moving into and creating your purpose. Hmm. And so by doing more of these things, you're going to further shape and define that purpose until maybe one day, 5, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, you look back and you're like, wow, I have lived with purpose. I like that. And it makes so much sense too, especially with adolescents now. And even with adults now, we've moved into this, this era where it's, I can get on my phone and order all my Christmas gifts and they're going to be to my house in two days. Or I'm going to send a text message and they're going to respond within the hour, you know? And so I feel like sometimes when it comes to building ourselves, we feel like it has to be right now. Yes. We need to... it doesn't. Right. We need to get on this Amazon of self-help and hopefully our self will come in two days. we find ourselves. We hop on the Amazon of self-help and we search and we search and we search and we're like, there it is. That's me. I have found myself. And it's not about that about creating that self. I like that. I like the emphasis on not trying to obtain something. I feel like a lot of times, and this is kind of just going back to our first point, but we look at our lives as a result. We hear all the time, we don't want to lay in our deathbed and look back and be like, oh shoot, I regret all this. And I think with that comes this fear of, well, if I don't find myself and start living the life, the best moment right now, then I'm going to be a failure. But it's not about reaching some point and getting 100% on a test of life, but it's about creating and building yourself along yeah. the way. And it's that, that terminology is so key. It's creating who you are. Because think about what, the, what that does to your mindset. And this is tying back to our, our, what we talked about at the beginning, about what I wish they would have taught in school. Teach me to own my life. Because if I own my life, I have a creation mentality. This is my life, and I'm going to create a purpose. I'm taking something, I own it, and I'm going to do something with it. It's the difference between, did, did, you, did your parents give you a car that you drove around a little while? Yeah, I've, yeah. Do you own the car? Did you buy the car you drive now? Now I do, before I did not. Do you treat them different? Yes, 100%. Why? Part of it is because it's mine, and I know if it breaks down or if something goes wrong with it, then i got to find a new one. Yep. Because you own that. That's the ownership mentality. You own that life. It breaks down. You got to fix it. You got to find a way to fix it. We don't have kids running around with the mentality of I own my life. And so when their life breaks down, they're like, oh, crap, who's going to fix it for me? And that's the mentality of, oh, I'm going to find my purpose. If your mentality is I'm creating my purpose, okay, your life breaks down. Great. What do you want to do next? Because you own it. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to repair this? What's this going to look like? Maybe you can use this opportunity to make some improvements going forward. But the ownership mentality makes that so much better. If the car breaks down and it's your parents, it's their responsibility to fix it. They're not going to make any improvements. They're just going to fix it as you know quickly as they did and get it back to you. Hmm. But your car never gets better. You never upgrade. You never do anything more. But when you own it, you start thinking in a different mentality. Right. And that's, the, that's what I wish that we would get kids to understand more is that they own their life. They don't rent it. They're not borrowing it. It's not somebody else's. They own it. And when they own it, they can now use it to create who they are and create what they want to do. That's, that's so cool. And, and the first thought that comes to my mind as you, as you say those things is recently, this is a little bit different perspective on it, but I was interviewing somebody that had a lot of struggles with eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And one of the quotes that she used in the podcast was, she said that my body is an instrument, it is not an ornament. 
And I think to apply that to self-creation or to finding your best self and creating your best self, the person who you are isn't meant to just be for show. It's not just to be to get results and to be another body in this world of production, but it's meant to... It's meant to serve you. Who you are as a person, that's up to you. You create yourself. You create the person that you want to be. If you want to be super good at, like you mentioned, if you want to create these skills in choir or in sports or whatever, that's up to you. And you should do that not because you want to be seen and be put on a shelf, but because it's what you're trying to become. You're an instrument to yourself and the happiness that you give in your in your life. Yep. That's really well said. Thank you. That was really, really well said. I took notes on that. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I just, well then, I guess the next point that I want to get onto then is, I like your, your idea and the analogy of a car. Mm-hmm. If you own your own car, you're going to take care of it. It's yours. You're going to push forward and create this car, whatever it may be, that you like the best. Mm-hmm. With that then, I believe that once people start to get an idea of who they are or the things that they want to become and they start creating themselves then they still get just smashed in the head with social media or their surroundings or peers saying, oh, cool, like it's great that you're wanting to be a good person, but that's just not enough. And then we have this issue of not having confidence in the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. So where can people go then to find that confidence? What are your thoughts? Oh, let, there's, there's tons of thoughts on confidence. Um, one of the things I, I think, and, and we talked about this before, Cockiness is like one of the the seven deadly sins of humanity. Like we hate cocky people. And and so everybody works really hard to avoid looking cocky. But what we do in the process is that we tend to, you know, beat ourselves up and beat ourselves down and compare ourselves. And we point out where everybody else is doing great and where we're not doing great. And so we, we avoid being cocky, but we kind of sacrifice our own competent or our confidence when we do that. So having an understanding of, of the cocky confidence thing is, is important. But I think something really important to understand with it is that cockiness isn't something, nobody sets out to be cocky. Like, I don't think you woke up this morning and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the best thing in the world and I'm going to treat everybody else like they're garbage and, and show up and, and do my podcast and, and be super cocky. Like, nobody does that. We all want to be confident. Cockiness isn't something that comes from within. It's actually something that comes from without. Hmm. And we internalize it when it comes from without. Somebody says we're cocky and they're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm cocky. Then we go to avoid it. And so we stop being confident. We start, stop leading with our strengths and we start hiding our greatness. We start hiding the things that we do well because we don't want to go shine. Like you shared how, how significant that quote is. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember who said it. Nelson Mandela gets credit, but it's not him. The the overestimating a year or no the um, oh it's the our light shining oh and uh, the so, so it's a poem by Marianne Williamson. I want to Robinson. It's Williamson. Williamson. It's Williamson. Yeah. Williamson. And it's uh, I'm trying to remember. It's a whole poem, but. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission yes. to do the same. And they use it in Coach Carter, too. Yes. That's and, why I got and, it. Yeah. And it's absolutely wonderful. You know, what's our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is actually that we're powerful beyond measure. Right. And there's so much truth in that. And it gets at this idea of cockiness versus confidence. We hold back on that because we're scared of being great. 
Because if we're great, other people are going to look and throw cockiness at us because it's an external thing. And then confidence is the internal antidote to the external cockiness. And, and I looked up a bunch of stuff and confidence, confidence comes from competence. And they sound really similar and, and, and I, I hope I do the difference justice. Competence is when we believe that we understand how to do something. And competence and confidence work in a loop. If I'm competent, I know I know how to do something and that leads to confidence. And the more confident I am, the more competent I can become because I'm not afraid to learn new things. So I try new things, I learn new things. And even if I fail, I keep working through it and I develop more competence, which leads to more confidence. And so it's this loop and they talk about it like in life coaching and things um, with this competence, confidence loop. And when we get derailed on that loop, when self-doubt jumps into any point in that, we go the other direction and we feel defeated, we feel anxiety, we feel sad, we feel stuck, we feel all sorts of negative emotions and feelings because that self-doubt jumped in and interrupted the competence-confidence loop. Hmm. And so we start to go down and then here, and here's where cockiness comes in because as we start to go down, we don't like that feeling. We don't like to feel like we're not competent and so when our competence is called into question by that self-doubt, we put up our walls and we put on our masks and we have to act like we have it all together. We have to act like we know what we're doing. But in acting like we know what we're doing, we're not authentic. It's not coming from within. And so it appears to the people on the outside as cockiness. And so the cockiness is sometimes an internal projection, what we throw out and people see it as cockiness because it's really just us trying to mask that we're scared that we don't know how to do it, that we're not competent. That's so interesting. And it's, it's mind boggling. The way that you describe that is, is that true confidence and, and correct me if I get this wrong, but it doesn't come from trying to portray it. It comes from knowing who you are and what you are competent at. Yes. And competence will give you that confidence. Yes. Wow. And you can be competent in, if, if your competence is, I just know I'm going to figure this out. I know I'm going to figure this thing out. If that's the only thing that you're competent in, if you just believe that you're going to figure it out, you can be confident. Like you might not have all the answers, but if you believe you can find them, you can be confident. And so like going back to your, your person that's 22, 24 years old and they're, they're feeling stuck and they're like, what do I want to do? What do you feel competent in? Wow. That's so cool. And when you look at what, okay, what are you competent in? Well, I feel like I'm really good at connecting with other people. That's awesome. How are you using that skill to benefit other people? And then they throw out, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing, that's excellent. Look, look how great, look at, look at the difference you're able to make. You have great competence in that area. You have a skill there. And now the confidence comes out of knowing, hey, I do have a skill in that area. I can help other people out. And when you believe that, now it goes back to, I'm willing to try new things and I'm willing to fail a little bit. That's one of the keys to growing your confidence is you have to fail. You have to fail. Like you cannot be comp- competent without failure. Well, yeah, and that, I, that's where competence comes from, yes. is from learning is through experience. from failing and learning how to do it wrong so you can avoid that and do it right. I just, as you're, as you're talking, I see this wheel 
Yep. And it's as you were okay, this is how I took it, and this is this is my personal opinion of what you were saying, but if you are struggling in confidence, if you feel like you are struggling with self-belief or you have these limiting whatever it is, limiting beliefs, then find or dig within yourself to find what you're competent at. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just one or two things, but mm-hmm. that's who you are. That's who you can be. Mm-hmm. And then from there, as you build off of those things, as you build off those competencies, maybe that's just, hey, I'm a people person. I can talk to people. Or maybe that's, hey, I'm super good with math. I don't really know why, but I'm just competent at it. And then you go use those things that you're competent at, which then breeds confidence. You feel confident. Okay, I can do a couple of things. I feel confident in these things, which then builds you up and makes you strong enough to go get competent again. Yes. What then gives you more competence and then you get more confidence. And it's just like this cycle that's moving upward of I can create and be the person that I want to be. Yep. That is unreal. I love the way that you described that. And especially the way that you compared it to the difference between confidence and cocky. Yeah. Wow. Do, so you, you do you do high performance coaching. Yes. That's something that we've talked about. Yep. And so high performance coaching, if I'm not mistaken, is a lot of it is built off of positive psychology. Tons of it. Right? Yeah. It's huge positive psychology. Positive and performance psychology. And and help me describe this, but for those of you who haven't heard of positive psychology, there's, there's been this movement. I forget. Who, who was it started so by? So Mar- Martin Seligman is kind of considered the, the godfather of positive psychology. Right. And what, what he did was he, he looked at all the psychology that had been done over you know, 50, 60, 70 years leading up to him. And it was all, let's look at the problems that people have and try to fix the problems that people have. And his mentality was, why do we look at the problems and try to fix it? Why don't we look at what works and try to help teach people how to do more of that? And so he, he twisted it and, and it became this, the positive psychology movement is more about helping people understand when people are successful, this is what they do. Successful people have more clarity. Successful people live life with more energy. Successful people have more influence. And, and there are ways that you can grow those things. And so positive psychology doesn't act like regular psychology where like, okay, something's wrong with you and we're going to go in your past and try to fix it. Positive psychology is more about here's what works to help people create happiness in their life. Why don't you try some of these things? And so in high performance coaching, what, what we do is we sit down with people and it's a process of helping them to grow in clarity and to grow in energy and to grow in, in influence and courage and productivity. And as they grow those things, they become more competent in them and it increases the confidence that they have in themselves and in their lives. And they start working up towards high performance. And high performance, and this is Brendan Burchard's stuff, um, and he does, that's where I'm certified through as a high performance coach. And he talks about how high performance is achieving beyond standard norms across all areas of your life. And while you're doing that, you're maintaining your important relationships and your health and well-being at the same time. So high performance is achieving at a high level and not sacrificing yourself or your loved ones in the process. And that's kind of a holy grail. Like it's really hard to work towards, but positive psychology has provided us so many tools and opportunities to build towards high performance in our lives. And everybody can achieve it because everybody has a next level. 
we could sit down with with an eight eight year old we could sit down with a 12 year old we could sit down with a 25 a 78 year old a 96 year old they all have the a next level that they can try to get to and that's what we do with high performance coaching is just try to get everybody to their next level that is so cool that's a ton of fun and it <laughs> sounds like this idea that we've discussed about finding that competency and turning it into confidence in this big loop that is that is the result of positive psychology yes. and, and becoming a high performer. Yep. Is that right? And so maybe to kind of end things off, I always love to give people commitments or something that they can take away and be able to move forward and progress their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the question that I want the answer from you is what is something that I can do or that 78-year-old or the 8-year-old <laughs> or the 16-year-old the to find their competency? so that they can move on to that next level? What are just maybe some one or two steps to determine your next level, but then to also find that competency? So the first thing that I highly recommend, if anybody is feeling low in confidence, low in just in spirit in their life, do a what went well journal. Sit down at the end of every day and challenge yourself to write down as 15 or more things that went well in your day. And if you're like most people, you get to six and it gets really hard. And so you have to kind of default to, well, what am I thankful for? And it's, it's a gratitude journal, but it's more specific than just a gratitude journal because it goes beyond what you're thankful for. You can use those things to get up to 15. But when you get good at a what went well journal, you look at your day and you say, this is what I did good. You know what, I was, I was feeling kind of crappy, but I held the door for that person when they were go, trying to go into the store. Or I was really stuck on some negative stuff, but when I got home, I sat down and I listened to my wife while she shared about her day. And I recognized that I did those things. And it's, it's in recognizing the stuff that you do, because anyone listening to this needs to know they do more good in their day than they realize. They're better at things than they give themselves credit for. And so doing the What Went Well journal reminds us of those, of those things. One of the greatest um, quotes that I've ever heard is that everything is trainable. Everything is trainable. And so if I look at that mentality of competence, that's a trainable skill. And I have to notice the things that I do well to grow that to get started on that, that loop, that competence, confidence loop. I have to get started by noticing the things that I'm competent in. Because there's something. I mean, I, I can walk. I can walk across the room and not fall down. That's a competency. Yeah. <laughs> That's a skill that I had to develop. And that was a long time ago, and I fell a whole bunch in the process. <laughs> but now I don't even have to think about right. it. And so we, we have to look and say, what am I doing that I'm doing well at? You know, can I smile? Can I, can I show up and be happy even though it's really hard? Can I listen to my friends even though I'm having a hard time? And if you're good at those things, great. Recognize your, your area of competence and give yourself credit for it. And if you want, if, if you're feeling bad, but you sit down and you listen to your friend, have you ever done that? And like you listen to your friend? Yeah. How does it make you feel when you're done listening to your friend? Well, first off, more connected. Mm -hmm. But then second. Which is huge. Which is huge, yeah. And then... I don't know, you feel like a pretty good friend. It makes you feel yeah. good inside about who you are, right? Because you're competent as a friend. <laughs> you did what friends do. <laughs> 
And that's, so it's like recognizing just the, the little things. You know what? I remembered to brush my teeth today. <laughs> I have good hygiene practices. I don't, I, I put on deodorant in the morning. And I shower every day. Great. You're competent in something. Mm-hmm. So recognizing those things, I say, would be a first step for anybody across the board. Train your mind to notice the good things that you do. And then the other thing is, man, try, there's, a, there's a ton of different things I could throw out. Before, before you go on to what, what you want to finish with, I think it's crazy what you're saying in the sense of, I feel like we've been taught, or at least we have this false ideology, that looking at ourselves and acknowledging our strengths is a bad thing. I think that kind of comes from cockiness. I agree. We avoid cockiness at all costs. It's mm-hmm. one of the, the seven deadly sins of, of being a human, especially being a teenager. You avoid cockiness at all costs. Right. And so we don't train ourselves to notice the good things. We, we train ourselves to put ourselves down, to point out the bad things. I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not cute enough. I'm too, uh, whatever. Some people take it to the extreme of they, they, they look at the things that they have and they're like, well, I have so much more than others. I, I don't deserve this. And instead of capitalizing on the things they have, they downplay it because they don't think that they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And it's like we, we sabotage ourselves in so many ways along those lines. And it's, it's never about being cocky. It's what, what are you competent in? What do you do good? And just recognizing those things within yourself. Can I finish off that yeah. cockiness? Yeah, go ahead. Here's, here's one of the greatest things I've heard about confidence versus cockiness. Cockiness is you're, you're good because you're better than somebody else. It brings somebody else into the picture and says, I'm better than that person. If you have to look at somebody else and say, well, at least I'm better than them, that's a cocky statement. Confidence is I'm good and I leave space open for everybody else to be good as well. You want to solve that problem, celebrate somebody else's success. That's a great thing to do. You could throw that on the list of things that people could take home and commit to doing. Go home and celebrate somebody else's success today. Build your competency. You build your competence of celebrating somebody else's success. And when you celebrate somebody else's success, you free, it goes back to your quote, you free yourself up to now be the greatest you could be because you celebrated somebody else being the greatest they could be. That's awesome. When you downplay somebody else's success, that's cockiness. When you build somebody else's success up, that's confidence. Right. Build other people up and you're on the path to confidence. I like that. So that's a really, really good way to go with that. Yeah, and I know this sounds kind of silly, but while I was on a a service trip for for quite a while, and this is building into that recognizing your strengths, most people that go to the gym will always stand in front of the mirror because they just feel a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And they have no problem looking at themselves and flexing, right? Whether they just did curls or they just did their tries or their pecs or whatever it is, most people will stand in front of the mirror and feel just a little bit bigger. But when it comes to our mentality or our character, we're terrified to stand in front of the mirror and say, wow, look, I was a good friend today. Mm -hmm. Or wow, I did super great in my class today. Or wow, I treated people super fairly today. We're scared to flex our mental direction, but we're okay with flexing our physical Yep. I think the key is, is like you said, to make that list of things, to flex in front of your mental mirror, yeah. if you will. Well, it's easier to see the physical stuff. Right. Like I can, if I do a bunch of curls and stuff, I can look at my veins in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, yeah I yeah. look good. And it's not about looking better than somebody else. I'm just like, yeah, I look good. So I think that's a confident thing. Mm-hmm. But if I start looking around the gym and I'm like, well, 
I'm not as big as that guy or I'm bigger than that guy. At least I'm, you know, got more muscle than he does. Then you get into the cockiness thing. Um, but mentally, it's harder to see. In the mirror, you can see it physically. Mentally, it's a lot harder to see. It. And that's why I say you got to do that what went well journal. You got to sit down and write down things you do great every day as part of that's that's your curls. That's your mental curls where you're flexing and building those veins up where you can look at it and say, hey, look, I look good. I got veins. <laughs> okay, I look good for the ladies. And but but that's how you build it. It's just not as obvious. Mm-hmm. We can't look in a mirror and see that. We have to practice the skill of recognizing it within ourselves. I like that. So then on top of building that wellness journal and being able to recognize our good, is there anything else that you would add that people can do to find their competency and to move forward to creating their best life? Don't run from failure. Embrace failure. What can you go fail at today? Like we, yeah. it, we're, it sounds, it, and it's so hard. Like I can say it and it sounds like, oh, well, he did. it scares the crap out of me. It's, it's really hard for me to write and give it to somebody else and say, give me feedback on this because I'm scared what they're going to, what they're going to say. Yeah, your writing sucks. <laughs> it's not, so like that's me being fearful of that, but that's how competence grows is we embrace failure. We try and we fail And instead of running and hiding and quitting after the failure, we learn from that failure and we use it to move forward. And that, that can, that applies in the micro and that applies in the macro little everyday things that you fail at, you know, maybe you, you said a word wrong or something, or you weren't the best friend today. Great. You can, you can learn from those things. You can apologize. You can move forward and you'll be better in the macro huge, bad events happen. Maybe you get divorced, maybe you get fired, maybe something, you know, really bad happens to you. Maybe you lose a loved one. You can bounce back from those things too. And, and to get good at bouncing back from the big things, you got to practice in the micro. And so just that daily of, okay, what did I fail today? And what did I learn from that failure today? And then I can say one thing that I'm going to do better going into the next day. Yeah. And it doesn't take long to do it. I mean, if that, that would take a grand total of five minutes during your day to write down 15 things you did well to write one or two things that you can improve on for the next day and recognize somebody's success. And shoot them a text, shoot them a note and says, you know what, I saw, I saw what you did today, that was awesome, good for you. Yeah. I'm so happy that you guys won the championship. <laughs> Which yeah. is hard to say. Uh-huh. Like celebrating others' success is hard. So I think those would be some just tremendous things to get people started on that quest of creating their purpose with confidence. I love it. And I think too is when we start thinking about that five minutes a day, it's, it's very it's very easy to push it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we think about something that most people do every day is brushing their teeth, right? Yeah. If you brush your teeth tonight, it's not going to make a dramatic change. You will not just have pearly whites. But if you brush your teeth every single day, twice a day for two minutes, then over the course of years, you will have good teeth. Mm-hmm. And I think the same comes with building your character and creating yourself. Yep. If you just take these five minutes to take, what did I learn? What did I grow upon today? How did I fail and what did I learn from it? And taking those little thoughts that you've mentioned, that that's when you're going to have your pearly whites, yep. your character that comes in, just like, just like brushing your teeth. Yep. And I think that's why you call this the self-design show. Like mm-hmm. what you just laid out right there is a beautiful pattern for people to design themselves, to design their future. And that's the mentality that they should have. And that's why I love about what you're doing is you're encouraging people to design themselves. It's the self-design show, right? Mm-hmm. 
And that's that mentality. I'm going to create my future. And these are the little things I can do every day that are going to move me towards that future that I want. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. And keep and doing great work, man. This is awesome. Thank you. Just just your support alone. And and uh, Nate and I, we've been able to talk a little bit over the last week and just share our thoughts about mental health and share our thoughts about growing and all this kind of stuff. And I just want to say I've appreciated your insight already so much, and it's helped me grow and, and to design myself. So thank you. Thank you very much. And and with that, thank you so much for spending your time for being on the Self Design Show and sharing with us your thoughts today. It's a pleasure to be here. And for anybody that is listening, I want to thank you for taking your time right now and listening to the show. I promise you that the things that you've learned today are worth so much. There's so much value to be taken from today. And as you apply these things into your life, you're going to notice that you're going to create and design that self that you've always wanted to create and design. You will progress and become better. I want to thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. And please share this with anybody that also might be in need of creating themselves. Once again, thank you so much, guys. Until next time.